Hi everybody, this is Ashley. This is Karen. And this is The Musicals. And today we have a special guest with us. Um, Thomas Hischkeck is an internationally recognized author and teacher in performing arts and one of the foremost authorities on the American musical theater. He's the author of over 30 nonfiction books about theater, film, and popular music. And he's also the author of over 50 published plays, which are performed in the United States, Canada, Great Britain, and Australia. He's also the author of Escaping the Labyrinth, which was a winner of the American Association of Community Theater New Play Fest that had its world premiere at the Des Moines Playhouse in the past week. So welcome, Thomas. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you. Um, Karen and I went and saw Escaping the Labyrinth this week, so it's in the second week of its run. Um, and we are just really looking forward to talking with you about the show. Um, Great. How, what was the process like uh, of having a world premiere with the Playhouse? It was nice because I've, I've had plays done by theaters and I just saw the performances. But in this case, I came a month early and spent a long weekend and saw rehearsals, answered questions that the cast members had, the questions that the director had. And uh, so I actually worked with them. Then I left and they polished it up. And then I came back, uh, I think it was like three weeks later and uh, saw the first weekend. So to that, for me, that was kind of unique. Um, I don't usually have that much correspondence uh, with somebody who's doing my play. Usually it's emails or maybe a Zoom talk, but I was right there working with them for three days. So that was very good. Um, how, did, like, how did the partnership happen between uh, Des Moines Playhouse and you? Was it that you approached the Playhouse or the Playhouse approached no, you? What I or did you find each other? Neither of us approached each other. It was all done okay. through AACP. <laughs> so what they do is they have, every two years, they have a national contest. This, year, this time they had, I think, about 300 entries. They read by different groups till it's down to 13 plays. Meanwhile, theaters, community theaters, can apply to AACT to be one of the presenters. They don't know anything, what plays yet, but they want to do a premiere. Um, the 13 plays, once they decide on the six theaters, they send all 13 scripts to each theater and they say, what are you interested in? And the six theaters pick what they wanna direct. So, and uh, there's no name on the scripts throughout the whole process. So they don't know me and, um, uh, and they, they like my play and wanted to do it. So, uh, so that's how it started. So we were kind of brought together by AACT. Cool, cool. Um, the play, Escaping the Labyrinth, um, kind of is episodic. And so it, it follows the life of Bud. And he um, is a, he's a scholar of the ancients, right? And so yep. he has an encounter in the first scene with supposedly a Greek god. And the Greek god says that we are living among you and we just have to shift our lives every 10 years or so, so nobody catches on. And the remainder of the play is Bud either running into these people intentionally or looking for them. He writes about them in his books. Um, and uh, we see like a span, I think it's of 60 years in, in different oh, geographies. Yeah, 58 years from the first scene to the last. He's an old man by the last scene, yeah. 
Yes, yes, he is. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to ask you why the Greek gods? I mean, have you always been interested in them or why, why yes. did this pop up? I, I've always loved um, Greek mythology, but I think even stronger, I love Greece. I, I've been there twice. I absolutely love Greece. And I went to Delphi, which is a very sacred, special place uh, for the Greek antiquities. And it's still pretty special. And it was while I was there by myself, I didn't have my family with me. I was over there on a Fulbright um, uh, grant. And uh, I just fell in love with the place. And I said, I wanna put this in a play someday. Uh, I didn't have any idea what the play would be, what it'd be about, but I knew I wanted that place. And what I loved about this production is that place on stage it was just magical, you know, with the music and the lighting and everything. I was like, yeah, that's that's what I had in mind. Uh, so you start with the place, but then, you know, eventually you gotta have characters and <laughs> a plot. You can't just look at scenery. And uh, it wasn't an original idea, but I have read several places, this theory that, oh yeah, the gods are still with us in fiction, you know? And I just liked that idea. I thought, what if somebody who just absolutely love Greek antiquity, ran across one of those gods. And even more complicated, what if you fell in love with one of those gods? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that kind of is the, the arc of the whole play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was fun to watch him as his life changed, mm -hmm. um, as he moved through his life. And it was also kind of fun as an audience member to try and figure out what Greek god we were running into next. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, all, um, it's incidental because he really runs into them. Right. Uh, but he knows certain things. He knows there's a god in Dayton, Ohio. He knows there's one, at, you know, airline pilot for, for British Airways, or at the time it was called BOAC. Um, that's why the play takes place all over. Because I thought if he stayed at home, it'd really be coincidental that all these gods happen sure. to show up in St. Louis. But if he's <laughs> traveling around, it's more likely, you know, he would run into a god. So that was, yeah, that was planned. Uh, and all the places he goes are all places I've lived or have visited. So to me, they're very real places. Nice. It's, it's, a, it's an added, very nice added side effect that it's educational. Um, you learn during this play and um, the subject matter is such that I think it would do well with um, younger audiences um, who would learn something from it as well too. Yeah. Uh, I, and I enjoyed I, that aspect. Great. Uh, I didn't want to assume a lot of knowledge about mythology. I don't want to, you know, turn people off. So I picked very famous gods. Mm -hmm. And I made sure it was very clear, this is a famous God who's known for, you know, war, you know, known for this, known for that. Um, so for people who know mythology, they, you know, they kind of, you know, recognize and for other people, it's, it is kind of a journey into, you know, discovering some, some of the mythological stuff that's going on. But interesting, I put no magic in the play. I put no superpowers. I wanted the gods to be very human because they're blending with humans. Right. Um, and I think the only, uh, you know, magical thing that happens is at the end, old bud becomes young again, 
is he's going to go down the river Styx with, um, with Diana or Artemis. So it's almost like either she did it or some magical thing made him go back to where they were when they met. Um, that's the closest we get to, uh, to magic in the play, although the whole thing is a fantasy. Right. We needed to add that there was spoiler alert. We're giving away the end. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. This will come out after the last That's production. Right. So it's That's okay. true. It will. Yeah. It's, it's the romantic comedy. They got to get together at the end. Yeah, true, right? He spends yeah. the whole time looking for her. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also kind of liked, I didn't know, um, like Hester, for example. But mm -hmm. I did like the way that you used Bud to kind of explain the gods because oh, he yeah. is um, a professor, right? So he's got all this knowledge mm -hmm. um, that he's just kind of spewing because he has this book and it doesn't feel like it's being preached to me, like talked down to me. It's as he's having this revelation as he runs across these people. In, in, in some cases, he doesn't know it's a god, but their name or something, you know, he tells uh, D about Artemis, you know, explaining mm -hmm. that's why I think, you know, you look like her, I feel like you are her. He explains to Hester who this god, goddess Hestia was. So it's a nice way to, you know, get information without just bam, moving into a lecture. Yeah. Right. Because um, this was the world premiere, did you have a lot of say in how it was staged and, and like the backdrop and those kind of things? Because I know yeah. there's no template for that. They get to yeah. pick. Right. Uh, there's stage directions, but they're not, I don't do a lot of stage directions. I don't say, you know, it must be this way or that way. I always know that uh, when you write a script and it goes out there and, you know, I'm not connected to it all, it's being produced by different places. Uh, I know that they're going to change, you know, uh, certain things. I'm not going to tell them what the scenery should look like exactly. Sure. I know it's, it's not going to be how I picture it. And in this case, um we only talked about the script you know the lines we didn't talk about the production at all uh katie merriman directed it beautifully and uh that's a director's job you know uh, i kept away from that but we did talk about oh this line here is confusing the audience or this line here doesn't make sense we need to explain ourselves that's script things and that is my problem yeah <laughs> Was it what you envisioned in your head or was it different? Uh, when, or? I, when I saw it, because you remember when I was here earlier, everybody's wearing masks, they're in a rehearsal room, there's no scenery, there's no lighting. The words are coming out unsteadily because they're memorizing uh, the lines still. So it was pretty different. And when I came and saw the, the final polished production, it was different than I envisioned, but, envisioned, but in some ways it was more creative than I envisioned. I think of the scenery. I just say, well, you have to have a table and chair and you know, it's a Greek restaurant or you have to have this. I give them the bare you know, thing. And what this designer did was absolutely wonderful with the projections and showing Greek stonework and ruins mixed in with modern cities and places. So that went way beyond what I had envisioned. Yeah, and some of the performances uh, some characters I found very uh, touching and kind of, wow, I, I really empathized with them when I didn't think they were the kind of characters that would do that, but they did. You know, I'm thinking of the old man uh, who was Dionysius. Who That's just exactly kind of, what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. 
um, I always thought he'd be an old guy and he would be, but I, this, this actor was so touching in his, you know, his farewell to, you know, to, to uh, the theater and this particular theater. Um, I really was very happy with all the performances. I just, you know, I thought they were right on and in some cases went beyond what I had thought. You mentioned that uh, in this uh, play that you'd use places, all places that you'd lived in or you'd visited and well. So right. in a future play, are we going to see Des Moines feature? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I visited there, that's enough. Uh, I only saw Delphi one day and I saw Des Moines six, seven days. So. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I did see Des Moines. We, uh, my family came and, uh, oh, we did the tourist stuff, you know. Excellent. We went to the Governor's Mansion. We went to the State Capitol. We went to uh, Salisbury House Gardens. We went to the Art Museum. So, yeah, if I have to, I got enough information. For that. <laughs> yeah. We like Des Moines, but I'm glad that you also got to see outside of the theater as well. Right. Uh, the first time I was here, I didn't see much. I was pretty much in rehearsals all the time. But I knew when I came back with my wife and my son that we would have free time. And uh, so we did, yeah. Good. Um, you mentioned uh, the cast and I thought they were a very great cast. I especially enjoyed Bud Schleeman, was yeah, played by Nick. Difficult part. Yeah, yes. it, it's, yeah. A, it's a lot. And it, it spans a lot of time. And he also has a scene where he's at a bar. And I think those can be tricky when you're trying to play someone who is incapacitated in some form. He didn't, he didn't go for the cliches, you know? No. And, uh, the, the thing I liked about, uh, his name was Nick. Uh, his Nick performance. First of all, it's just huge because you're in every scene and the few times you're off stage, you're changing clothes. You know, I mean, it really is a, and it's 90, uh, what, uh, nine, uh, 95 minutes and uh, no intermission. So it's a marathon for him. He's on stage all the time. What I liked is he, he moved from that very boyish, enthusiastic young guy at Delphi. And by the time we get to that scene in the bar, he's cynical, sour, older. You know, he's not gushing anymore. He really is, you know, he's older and the world looks different to him. And then by the final scene, we move to another actor because he's 83 mm -hmm. years old or something. And I just love the way that actor, um, Jim, I think his name was. Jim uh, Mead, yep. All right, Jim, yeah. And uh, I just love that he, he was sort of, he was old, but he had that a little bit of spark of that enthusiasm that young Bud had, you know. Uh, at the beginning. So I was very happy with all the performances, yes. I liked yeah. that. I, I very much enjoyed the change of actor because um, in the program, you saw the timeline. So you knew that there was gonna be a big, mm -hmm. big jump forward in time. Mm -hmm. And I immediately wondered, I was like, how is this gonna get handled? And mm -hmm. it does get revealed in the playbill. Like if you flip ahead to the playbill and read about the actors, then you can see. Um, how it's going to shake out but I hadn't done that and so I was curious yeah. on how that was going to get handled but um it's uh it's a hopeful play um oh, yeah and it's a it's a nice uh striving uh play as well too like in the sense of to look forward and yeah hopeful is the word I would use yeah I, I think it's a pretty optimistic play 
Yeah. Um, you know, uh, he's frustrated. He wonders if he's wasted his life or not. Um, but deep down, no, he hasn't. He's he's had a good life. And he finally gets what he wants at the end, you know, so that's optimistic. <laughs> yes. My main question had to do with what was it like, what's it like seeing your own production, knowing that the words you wrote mm -hmm. are being spoken out mm -hmm. and people are listening. <laughs> that's, I think yeah. that would be such a rush. And it um, is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you don't get tired of that, you know. I've seen, <laughs> um, I've seen different, you know, and I'll see a school do one of my plays, not too often uh, now, but uh, when I was in, up in New York State and sometimes different schools would do my plays, and I know it's a high school and it's not going to be, you know, uh, how I envisioned it as much as a really good theater company like the Des Moines Playhouse, uh, but you always do get that rush, yeah. Uh, if an audience laughs, you're thinking, all right, I did that, you know, the actor probably had to do it correctly, but you know, <laughs> and I love when audiences listen to what I've written, you know, they're, uh -huh. they're listening and they're taking it in. That also is a rush. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about that before we started recording about yeah. experiencing at the Des Moines Playhouse and, and how maybe the laughs weren't um they weren't huge laughs but they they were subtle but the thing that you really liked was being able to hear people realize things as the dialogue was happening you know all three of the performances i saw um it was so quiet in the auditorium without shuffling the feet and, and restlessness that i could tell the audience was listening mm -hmm. and i could tell from just little murmurs or half chuckles that they got something or they realized something you know, something became clear to them. So that's a sign of a really, you know, a, a listening audience, you know, which is the best kind. Um, I can't remember uh, with reading your bi biography, but did you come from a performance background or have you always been um, with the educational aspect, the writing aspect? Like, would you consider yourself a performer turned writer or have are you or do you consider yourself just a writer yeah no i consider myself a teacher and a writer uh, i've always taught and uh and i've always directed too um so even i taught high school i taught college uh even when i was in europe i taught i directed so i consider myself a director uh, and i have directed some of my own works usually the very first production you know i write it we do it at the college and and then I publish, you know, send it and I try to get it published. Um, but I was never strong as a performer. That was never, you know, uh, I did it when I was in college and whatnot, but, um, but I knew that wasn't uh, my goal. My uh, degrees are in English and theater arts undergrad and then graduate, it, the, my uh, MFA was in playwriting. So I knew Back then, that's what I wanted to do. Both Ashley and I went to small liberal arts schools. And so we're appreciative of those opportunities that are given by, you know, quality professors mm -hmm. being at those um, liberal arts schools and uh, um, taking care of us and making us into the people that we are. So <laughs> I, I, my point being, thank you for what you do. Yeah, I, you know, I, I taught 37 years altogether. And um, 
uh, a state school in New York, so liberal arts school, not a big, huge university. And now I teach just part-time at Flagler College in St. Augustine, Florida. And that's a small liberal arts college too. Uh, I'm no longer directing. I, I did that for many years, but I keep writing, I keep teaching. Yeah, I was gonna ask what, what's next on your plate? You have more plays in the backlog? Uh, there's always a book or a play. Yeah, um, uh, the, the plays don't take as long as a book. A book will take a good year to a year and a half. Um, and then it takes a long time for it to be published, you know, to come out. Uh, plays, the turnover is a little bit faster. The other thing that's interesting is a book, and I write nonfiction books. I'm not writing, you know, Stephen King novels. <laughs> but uh, um, I write about theater. I write about film. A book comes out, and the first year it's out, it sells, you know, hopefully pretty well. Next year it goes down a little bit and down. And after about five or 10 years, the book is still in print, but it's not selling many copies anymore. Plays are different. When you have a play published, it can just go on and on and on. It doesn't have a peak. So I could have a play that one year nobody did it, and the next year it had five or six productions. I have plays that are so old like is that they were published in the 70s and oh. I think about you know uh over the years you know the, the, the they were done a lot you know <laughs> uh, and they're out there just doing their thing you know without me uh the companies that handle my plays they publicize it they put out catalogs they have online things they take care of everything they collect the royalties and then I get my percentage uh but there's something about a play, it just has a life of its own, where a book has had its moment in the sun and then kind of is just there sitting in libraries, hopefully all over the place. But a play, you know, somebody does a play, it's just, it's like the day I wrote it, you know, there it is, it's still happening. So what's next for Escaping the Labyrinth? Um, it's going to be published by Dramatic Publishing Company. They are publishing all six of the winning plays. And uh, Dramatic Publishing Company is a, a company where theaters go to looking for scripts. So it'll be described, it'll be this, and if somebody's interested in doing it, they will go to Dramatic Publishing Company and say, we wanna do this for three performance, and they handle it all. So I really, um, uh, I'm out of it once, you know, once I send them the final script, we're working on the final script now, uh, putting in the changes that we made in rehearsal. And I'll send that to Dramatic Publishing Company and then it's their baby, it's their job to sell it. And then I'll just move on to another play or another book, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that play about Des Moines. Can you see I'm really uh, pushing for a setting in Des Moines? <laughs> you want a comedy or a tragedy? Uh, <laughs> I write comedies. Uh, I'd say so. I think that yeah. works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why would Des Moines be tragic? I, I, that's true. Mean, you know, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, many of my plays are adaptations of literary classics. That's one thing that I, I have a lot of. Charles Dickens, um, Charlotte Bronte, um, um, uh, O. Henry, um, you know, the biggies uh, I've adapted, including Homer. I have a stage version of the Odyssey 
which is actually wow. done once in a while. So uh, that's about half of my plays are based on a piece of literature that I've adapted. And then the other half are original. Uh, you know, they're just, they, they're just, you know, but they're almost all either comedies or literary classics. I really don't write, uh, you know, really dark, deep tragedies because there's enough of that. There is enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> we go to theater to escape those things. Well, exactly. Yeah, yes. but it's more than that. I, I like people to go to a play and to think and be entertained, not to be depressed. You know, uh, you know, uh, and say, "Whoa, that was really good." But I think, you know, I, I do like a thinking audience. I don't want to just write, you know, laughs. Um, but on the other hand, uh, I tend to want to be a little more optimistic about the world. Yeah, and the literary classics are, you know, even if they're dark, like Jane Eyre, all these things happen to her, but they end with hope and with a good ending. You know, so I don't think it's it's unusual for me to want to do that in the original plays as well. The um, Jane Eyre though, I mean, seriously, Mr. Rochester, really, really? It's, I feel like that whole relationship is just, is a bad deal, but that's just my side rant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, modern audiences, um, that one, um, you know, they, they, you know our, our attitudes have changed so much that um, we don't see, uh, like Mr. Rochester, we don't see him as the great romantic figure that they may have yeah. in the 1800s. We see him as a troubled man, you know? Right, um, yeah. Uh, but so many of them are optimistic. Secret Garden, I have a secret garden. I have Little oh, Women. You know, yeah. Little Women is so, terrible things happen to that family, but mm -hmm. it, it's they're hopeful, you know, things work yeah. out. Um, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Um, uh, we did Jane Eyre, we did uh, uh, David Copperfield, Christmas Carol, of course, uh, Great Expectations. They all are life affirming pieces, you know? Sure. That's what I'm drawn to. I don't yeah. think, even if I can get the rights, I could do a play based on a Faulkner novel or, or uh, you know, uh, uh, some really dark German play that, you know, that's not me. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us. Great. Yeah. yeah. the play, enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for having me on. You've been a wonderful guest. Thank you very much yes, for your thank time. You we very appreciate much. it. Okay. Yes. Thanks for having yeah. me. And thank yeah. you for writing Escaping the Labyrinth. We enjoyed it. Great, great. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll see you at the theater. Bye. Bye. Hi there. Just wanted to take a quick moment to ask you to subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you're listening. Rate us and review us, and that helps other listeners find us and also lets us know what it is you like about our podcast. Find us on Facebook at DeMusicals or email us at desmusicals at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about the shows that we've reviewed or recommend a show for us to watch, and we'd be happy um, to take your input. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Bye.